Hello, my friends. My name is Madge, and this is the Madge Cast, where this week, bloodied from battle, we celebrate our victories and count our spoils. Because we won this week, y'all. We won big. The AHCA was roundly rejected, and evil house elf Paul Ryan and giant shit-covered toddler Donald Trump fucking lost. And we fucking won, and it is sweet. And also, I think, instructive. And yes, I know it's just one battle in what's bound to be a long war. I know our work isn't anywhere near done, and I know we need to focus on the future. But I still think it's worth stopping for a moment and really looking at this victory, not just to gloat, although gloating is great, uh, but to really uh, analyze it and figure out what happened. Like, how did we win? How did our actions shape it? And what can we learn from this that will make our ongoing resistance even more effective? Now, I am fond of this kind of analysis because nothing is a better teacher than an experience that you have taken the time to really think about and deeply understand. I talked about um, a few months ago in the podcast, I talked about some books called Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents by Octavia Butler. And that was in episode two of this podcast called What Would Olamina Do? And um, just a short recap, these books take place in a near-future dystopia that shares many attributes with our current reality. And a young woman in this near-future dystopia creates a new religion called Earth Seed. And Earth Seed is all about understanding that we are participants in change, not just victims of it. And I believe in that wholeheartedly. I believe wholeheartedly that we have the capacity to change the world. We do not have complete control, no, but we always have decisions to make, and those decisions have power. We have influence, and we can and do shape changes in the world every single day through our decisions and our actions. So to me, um, the best thing we can do is to acknowledge that, that the steps that we take matter. Um, and to take those steps as best we can with forethought and wisdom to shape the change around us and um, learn from what we do and develop ourselves every step of, every step of the way. So that's what I want to do this week. I want to analyze this win and glean as much information from it as possible so that we can win more and include more and more people and more and more of the world in the circle of what we give a shit about. Okay, so what happened? Why did this bill fail and what can we learn from it? Um, There are a lot of overlapping reasons. I think the first is that it was a spectacularly bad bill. It was as shoddily constructed as the many buildings which bear the Donald's name. It was as poorly designed as Ivanka's ugly fucking clothes. And as the Republicans hacked away at it, trying to get more votes, they made it even worse. Something like 24 million people were expected to be thrown off insurance. And millions and millions of dollars were expected to flow from the poor to the rich via tax cuts. 
Uh, this bill was craven. It was openly craven. Uh, they weren't even trying to sugarcoat what they were trying to do. It was clearly the work of men who have committed themselves to never thinking one thought about anyone who is not exactly like them. So um, that was part of it. Why was the bill so bad? Um, why couldn't they get it together to come up with something that could pass? And what does the terribleness of the bill tell us about the Republican Party? Um, first thing that it tells us, I think, is that either they don't have capable wonks in their party who are able to put together legislation that makes sense, uh, or they have those folks, but they don't listen to them. And this is kind of a huge thing to understand. The leadership of the party has clearly followed the lead of the Donald in putting ideology above facts. They've clearly followed the lead of the Donald in blatantly putting their own personal enrichment above even pretending to look like they give a shit about actual people. Uh, a lot of us have known this about the Republican Party for a long fucking time, but even people in the party are acknowledging it now. It has never been quite so obvious. I read a quote this week in an article from The Atlantic that I'll put in the show notes, and it's from a Republican representative named Tom Rooney from Florida. Now, this is a direct quote from him, okay? He said, I've been in this job eight years, and I'm racking my brain to think of one thing our party has done that's been something positive, that's been something other than stopping someone else from something else from happening. We need to start having victories as a party, and if we can't, then it's hard to justify why, sh why we should be back here. And I have to tell you, that floored me when I read that, because if even your own congressional representatives are saying your party's got nothing, then you really have nothing. Um, when I think about this, what occurs to me is that this Republican regime got into power under sort of an unholy alliance. They just like spewed all this hate and um, dismissed all of these different people. Um, basically, everyone who wasn't a rich white dude, like they spewed the hate across many axes at the same time. And people latched on to to their platform based on whoever um, they specifically hated, right? So like some people like Trump because they don't like powerful women. And this unfortunately includes a lot of women. Some people liked him because they're scared of Muslims or black people or Mexicans. Some people liked him just because they liked how he talked shit about everyone the way they wish they could. And all of these different types of haters were okay with getting together for a while, right? Um, like the people who hate women were willing to overlook the fact that he hated Mexicans and vice versa. But uh, we're seeing that this kind of alliance doesn't hold, right? Because they no longer have a unifying figure to hold all the hatred coming from all the different directions. For a while, it was Obama, and they could all, you know, sort of focus their hate on him. Then it was Hillary. But, you know, those two are both kind of doing their own thing now and staying out of the fray for the most part. So there's no one for the Republicans to unify against, and they are falling apart, as we saw this week with the vote on the Health Care Act. The Freedom Caucus hated the bill from, a, from the right, 
and the uh, Tuesday party hated it from the center. And there was literally no way for them to write a bill that would satisfy both wings of their party. So what we learned from this is that the Republicans have no real shared platform of policy or even ideology. All they've had for the last eight years is someone to focus a bunch of different hatreds on. And now that they have the power of the government, they're truly unprepared to wield it skillfully. I mean, they have the presidency and both houses of Congress, right? Like, and this is what we were all terrified of um, as of November 9th, because, you know, they have almost all of the power in the government. And if they were organized and prepared, if they had a sturdy platform and capable wonks to design and execute legislation based on that platform, they would be kicking our asses so hard right now, so much harder than they're able to. But they aren't prepared and they don't have a strong base of ideas. And they're showing that they also do not have the skill to create legislation that can function in the world or even get passed in the first place. In short, they are incompetent and undisciplined. They're full of shit and lazy and focused on the wrong things, which ironically are all the things that they accuse poor people of doing, right? Um, They're spending their political capital on trying to look cool instead of trying to do their jobs. And that became blatantly obvious this week, Um, at least to more people, I think, than it was obvious to before. I'm not trying to dismiss the Republicans. I'm not trying to underestimate them. I'm not calling this battle won uh, or this war won in any way, right? Like, I have no doubt that they, too, will try to learn from this mistake and they will try different approaches. But they have been humbled. They showed their ass to the American people in an unmistakable way. They tried to shoot for the moon. They tried to um, to give all their friends a huge tax cut by fucking like 10% of the population, and they failed. And uh, we can use this knowledge of their failings, and we can lean on the fractures in their party. All right, so... Um, What else did we learn about the Republicans? We learned that the Donald does not wield ultimate power over them. Uh, He issued an ultimatum and three dozen of them are like, whatever, dude. Uh, Paul Ryan also does not have control over his Congress. Um, Furthermore, he has exposed himself once more as a craven hater of the poor. I mean, this bill was so bad. It was such a complete fuck you in the face of so many different people, like old people, poor people, women, the disabled, which is like almost everyone. And I have to think that a lot of people saw that and won't forget it. Um, We also learned that the Donald doesn't really care about policy in any way unless it intersects somehow with his ego. Uh, He was seemingly untroubled by this loss and... um, it's it's funny to think about why, right? Because either he's trying to set up Paul Ryan or he uh, just feels like, okay, well, I tried and this one didn't work, so I'm going to forget about it and move on to the next one. But either way, he got to sit in a big truck and honk the big horn this week, right? And also, he's making a shit ton of money off of being the president. So... You know, why would he care about all of the millions of people who might be fucked by this uh, legislation, who he literally called 
little shit when he was talking about it, when he said, let's forget about the little shit. That's what he meant, was the people who weren't going to have health care. We are the little shit. Um, I have seen some people on Twitter, as usual, talking about how he's playing 4D chess, man. This is a masterful move. And I guess some folks are always going to believe that. But even Fox News is characterizing it as a huge loss, talking about how Donald and Paul are spending their weekend licking their wounds. And yes, I watched five minutes of Fox News coverage in order to be able to tell you that. So I hope you appreciate the sacrifices I make for you. Um, uh, his whole his whole thing about being this you know masterful deal maker he was not even able to make a deal within his own party let alone with anyone in the world he's supposed to be able to make deals with so yeah the great negotiator he's clearly not because he has no interest in nor aptitude for policy details of any stripe. And you kind of need to understand at least some of the details in order to negotiate a deal, right? So this is another important weakness for us to take note of. Um, so I've talked uh, this whole time about what we learned about the Republicans, uh, the, the Donald's regime from this debacle. Um, but now I want to talk about what we learned uh, from our side, right? Because it wasn't all just the Republicans sucking. It was us taking advantage of the fact that the Republicans suck to preserve the ACA. Um, you know, thousands of people hassled their representatives. Um, I saw a bunch of people, a bunch of representatives posted the totals of the calls that they got on the AHCA. And the totals would be things like, oh, we got 2000 calls against it and 14 calls for it. And there is no doubt that this overwhelming wave of um, resistance against this bill influenced and scared many of the more moderate Republicans. The town halls, the phone calls, the office visits, and um, especially the stories of their constituents who would be harmed by this. I mean, I think, you know, these folks want to keep their jobs, but at least some of them have to also give at least a little bit of a shit about some of the people they represent, or they have to appear to give a shit anyway. And, you know, voting for this bill, um, you clearly are shown to not give a shit. So, um, so that was another important thing here is that not only um, is our influence strong in, in just reaching out to these folks, but I think some of them are starting to see the cravenness of their leaderships and break ranks with it. Um, so, you know, when Paul Ryan and the Donald cracked the whip, uh, a bunch of these Republicans did not come calling. Uh, they held firm for the sake of not pol committing political suicide and also uh, for the sake of the constituents they'd heard from who would be truly, truly harmed by this bill. So I think that uh, what we learn from this is that our resistance is very strong and it is broad-based. And um, we are heard. We are being heard, especially when we focus. Uh, there was so much focus on this particular bill that it was overwhelming. And I think that um, that's something important for us to note, right? Like there are a lot of important causes in the world, but we can't fight on every front, every moment of every day. Uh, it, it seems to work really well for us to focus on one thing and then focus on another thing rather than focusing on a bunch of things all at the same time. 
Um, that's just one, one take on it, right? But uh, the point is that we have more power than I think most of us thought we did back on November 9th or January 21st or even last Tuesday. We have power. And when we exercise it, shit changes for real. And I think that this is really important for us to just sit with for a minute and let it sink in, right? Um, We are able to stop this bullshit. And we know that because we are stopping this bullshit and we can continue to do so. Okay, Um, just to recap, here's what we learned on the Republican side. They have a lot of political power, but they are not using it coherently. They're weak on policy. They're fractured ideologically. And they are clearly interested in chest banging and looking strong and getting their rich friends more money and clearly uninterested in details of actual governance or any, you know, people living in this country to the point where they fumbled what should have been an easy layup for them. And haha, yes, I know I'm mixing my sports ball metaphors. Uh, On our side, we learned that we can win when we focus on the weakness of their policy, um, when we share the stories of people who would be hurt by their policies, when we lean on Republicans from a place of morality, right? Like, how can you sit there with a straight face and ask a 62-year-old person who makes 20 grand a year to pay, to pay 12 grand in insurance premiums? Like, how can you even do that? Um, the Republicans ran and won on this crazy populist anti-elite message, but it's very clearly the opposite of what they're actually trying to do. And when we can point out that gap um, using specific stories about specific people, that can only benefit our movement. Um, our resistance also rejected the framing of this bill. This is something that we talked about in episode eight, I think. It was called Getting Around Big Daddy, where um, we talked about the work of linguist George Lakoff, who argues amongst many other interesting points. But he says that whoever sets the frame for an issue typically wins that issue, and that Democrats often mess up by just uh, repeating the Republicans' frame on something and saying that's bad. And when we do that, we're basically just reinforcing their frame around the issue. And we really didn't do that here. Uh, In this case, the bill was pitched and framed as repeal and replace, but it really wasn't that at all. What it was was Obamacare light plus a tax cut for the rich. And that message carried. It carried not only with the left, it carried not only with the moderates, but it also carried with the far right. So, yeah. It was not only super fun this week to watch the Republicans twist in the wind, I believe it was also very instructive for our movement because we saw exactly where the fissures are and we saw what can happen when we lean on those with all the force that we have. As for me, um, for the first time since November, I am feeling like we might really have the capability to limit the damage these assholes can do. Um, We might even have the capability to unite against these assholes in such a way that we can push forward into um, a zero carbon, more just future, 
right? Like we might be able to leapfrog all of like, over all of this crap just by pushing against these uh, unmitigated dickheads who are running the government right now and really giving us a stark face of evil to press up against. Uh, I'm feeling like everything Obama and Hillary and Bernie told us is true. Democracy is not only about who is in the government. It is about who is being governed and how much we want to put our backs into pushing the ships where we want it to go. Uh, my only concern about this that I really want us to keep our eye on is that, yes, it is mobilizing and motivating to all of us to have a disgusting figurehead like the Donald. But we also want to learn from the Republicans' failure this week because what we see from what they went through is that opposition is not enough. We need to keep working on our vision and our plans to execute that vision. Uh, we're playing defense now, but that will flip to offense. And we don't want to shit the bed like the Republicans did once our scary unifying figure is out of office, which I believe will happen soon. All right. So thank you for listening. Um, let me know if you have some more ideas on what we can learn from this victory, how we can use what we learn to become more and more effective at not only resisting, but also looking past the resistance and um, how we can create the country and the world that we want to see. Also, if you are doing activist work out there or you know someone who is and you guys are getting some wins in your town or your country or your state, I would absolutely love to hear from you and um, possibly feature you on the podcast because what, uh, what this week is showing me is that it is so important for us to be aware of all the battles being won. Uh, I mean, we're feeling pretty good right now, right? But there's going to be a lot more bullshit coming down. And uh, seeing our victories at every level can only help keep the wind in our sails on those days when uh, things aren't looking so rosy for us. So um, if you know about some wins, if you know about some great projects that people are undertaking to put more good stuff into the world, even in a crazy time, I hope you will holler at me at uh, BeLessCrazy at gmail.com or on my site, BeLessCrazy.com. And if you're digging this podcast, um, could you please leave a review on iTunes and share it with your friends? Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you are savoring this victory. I hope you are sucking all of the joy and information out of it that you possibly can. And I hope that we can all bring all of that back to the work tomorrow. Stay strong, my loves.